Hey, the CPI is in uh, cooling down a little bit, so we'll break that down for you guys. Maybe give you some insights to how that might be impacting Bitcoin and Ethereum. We're going to get into all that good stuff for you guys today. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back into Tech Path. Jumping in with me, Evan Aldo. We're going to kill it here today. Great to be on. <laughs> We're going to kill it. We're yeah. going to get some, uh, some good insights, I think, on Bitcoin. We'll go into Ethereum for you guys. Uh, before we get started, let's do one thing. Let's hit the like button. It does help. The show, best of all, it helps others find their way into the cryptoverse, and it's a great spot to start. Let's get into it today. Our sponsor is Consensus. We actually have a discount code for you guys to use, and you can actually get this before the price increase. You'll notice that's in about 10 hours tonight. This is coming up here in Austin, April 26th to the 28th. Lots of things happening down there. I will be in Austin, so if you're going to attend... Uh, use our code down below. We'll leave a, a link in the description. But best of all, just reach out to me on Twitter, at Paul Barron. Let me know you're going to be in Austin. It may, might very well be a spot where we could hit, uh, hit a meetup or something like that. Uh, let's get into a couple of the news items here. Uh, breaking market news. Uh, CPI, of course, year over year. Actual uh, 5% versus the forecast, which was 5.1, uh, versus what its previous month was, which was the 6%. Let me kind of zoom up on that for you guys. So, I mean, in general, Evan, you would think this is, uh, would take markets and thinking, because you kind of have to look at the contrarian position. Mm -hmm. You would think, okay, you know, this is a good thing for the Fed. The Fed is working and inflation is coming down. But at the same time, uh, it could also uh, be either a short period before we start to see a retracement or a flat uh, on maybe like, for instance, if the Fed just says, okay, we're affecting it enough, we think a pause is in order. Or right. do they think, let's go ahead and get the 25 in? Where, where are you thinking on, on that right so now? So I think it, I think regardless of whether the Fed raises 25 again or pauses, is bad news is starting to become bad news in terms of unemployment, things that are slowing right. the economy, which I think will at least bring traditional markets down farther. Obviously, that's what happens with history. After the Fed does pivot, typically you see the bottom for traditional markets. So I think that's where we're headed towards. I think we're going to have you know a good amount of journey where unemployment continues to rise and bad news is now bad news. We're not used to that. For the past year or so, we're used to being bad news bringing the market up, right. which is weird. Now bad news becomes bad news, which could bring it down farther. So, Well, with yeah. the exception of maybe the risk asset market being crypto. And uh, yeah. if you just look at Bitcoin and ETH alone, bad, super bad news is the right. banking, you know, the banking debacle that we had. Yeah. That in itself was uh, a stimulus for what happened in terms of flight yeah. to safety. Bitcoin so. acting like gold, which so exactly. far it has. Hopefully it can hold up and continue that, but we don't know. <laughs> a couple other points here was Charlie Biello. Uh, he hits on the overall U.S. CPI moved down to five. Obviously, this is the ninth consecutive decline in the year-over-year rate. Uh, which is good, I think, in the sense that the Fed's been pushing the buttons, I think, in the sense of really pushing, uh, you know, core, or, or at least CPI down. Core didn't necessarily move down. Uh, but in, in general, when you look at this, uh, if you look at the continued rise in terms of, like, shelter CPI, this is about plus 8% yeah. year over year. This is the highest since 1982. So there are some aspects of price stability that is increasing, and, of course, real estate uh, cost of rentals, uh, yeah. rent in general. That, of course, is already starting to play in this. Then we'll start to see the CRE uh, scenario, the commercial real estate, really kind of take a little bit of a hit, which is what we've talked yeah. about with few analysts uh, as well. 
BlackRock, though, is setting in and saying they believe the Fed will be forced to cut rates without reaching their 2% inflation target. This is going to get interesting because timing is going to be very critical here for Bitcoin, I think. And here's why. If you look at the Fed and their positioning throughout the the remainder of the year in terms of being able to get the FOMC meeting and set a time frame on whether or not this affects interest rate hikes or a decline, a reversal, Mm -hmm. which would be, I think, very significant for the market. Uh, The key here is going to be the timing of how fast that inflation is coming down. This was a pretty big jump in essence of seeing it all the way down to five. So a full one point move over the last month. So that in itself, could we be on track for that? So I don't know if I'm necessarily agreeing with uh, where BlackRock is going. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't get too cocky with this inflation being down because you have oil creeping back. Like you said, housing is still kind of high. There's a lot of things that, and nothing goes straight down in one line. There's a lot of things that could keep it up a little bit more and make the Fed come in and still be more hawkish. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, and when you don't want to get ahead of yourself, all you have to do is listen to uh, Warren Buffett. Let's play this (laughs) clip right here. This legalized gambling and it's spreading in the state and everything that's happening right now. You think that's changing the games? You think there is? There are situations where the spread's not going to be made and it's because somebody is, is doing it. They've, they've been Well, I off. think everybody in the country spent all their time gambling, you know, flipping coins against each other. Uh, you know, somebody would win 20 times in a row, you know, every, what, million times or something like that. You have 330 million people doing it, you've got 330 people that have called the coin flip correct or something. I mean, the urge to participate in something where it looks like easy money is, it, it's its a human instinct which has been unleashed. It's always there. I mean, and, and uh, when my dad was in Congress in the, in, in, in the House office building, I could go to the elevator and yell, Sammy, and the guy would come up to take numbers bets, which were illegal, you know, on the fourth floor of, of the house office building. And it, it's, people love the idea of getting rich quick. I don't blame them, but uh, I, I've always wanted to get rich slow, and I have a lot of fun along the way, but, but I don't, I'm not immune from it. I've, I've been on football games. I made one wager in, 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 at, at the sports book in Nevada, and, and I was out there with a couple of friends, and, and I went up and bet on Nebraska against it, and about 10 people got up behind me and said, I'll have what he's having, you know, it's going to make Ryan in the movie. And so they had a very unbalanced book when they got through that day, and I got 500, my 550, and I made a profit of 500, and I had somebody else cash the tickets, so nobody that's, that's, I just, uh, it's so human, and once unleashed, you can't put it back in the bottle. I want to pause it there because I think the key here was with uh, where um, where Warren's going with this is is the idea that it's, it's gambling, you know, and, and I think that in any kind of investment uh, of any type, whether you're in uh, early stage VC, early stage angel, or you're going even into stocks, all of that has risk uh, to a certain extent. Now, some has greater risk, uh, but this has been done on Wall Street for decades. So for them coming out on this kind of thing. I mean, I think it's just him not understanding the dynamics of what digital assets are and where they're yeah, going I mean, to change. Yeah, I mean, venture capitalism is a lot different than sports betting, sports gambling in a lot of different ways. Oh, it's man, more it's a of, one in ten for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of, well, 
you're buying a lot of different companies and you're bet you know some will go to zero and most likely you have a 90% chance that at least one or two of them will do well. With sports betting, you don't really have those good probabilities. You know what I what mean? are you talking about? You can go to a sports page and bet on 10 games and you know you're going to win one. Not always. I think there's better odds of the it. The odds would give For, it for to sports you. betting, there's a limit on how much you can make for that one bet. With venture capitalism, it could go you know, up oh, a thousand. You, it, know, you get what sure. I'm saying? Well, it I depends mean, on the odds on which one you, yeah. you win, too. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you win one of these uh, crazy scenarios. We're getting into sports. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the inflation breakdown uh, for 2023. That's kind of just a quick breakdown uh, right there. You've got mostly cost of goods around, mostly food, uh, really kind of zooming in. Let me kind of zoom in on that for you guys because they've got us on the split here. So a lot of food items still on the rise, uh, including uh, power. And this is the thing that a lot of people will argue is that the inflation number is often stacked against what the real market is because um, energy and food are two of the core elements that don't necessarily make up all of the CPI numbers. So that's the strategy or or the challenge, I think, that a lot of people face. With all that being uh, pushed in, you you see Bitcoin really kind of uh, nesting in right under 30,000 today. When you look at the chart, Evan, what are you seeing right now with Bitcoin? So I think obviously if we go to my chart here in the two week, um, you know, you're not going to probably have all green candles in the two week going forward forever. And, you know, we're in that similar type of rally as what we saw in a lot of ways to 2019. A lot of green candles, and now you're getting a trend reversal sign right here, blue triangle. You came up higher this time, so, you know, your guess, it's it's hard to say. We could either come up to, you know, this could be potentially the top, the 30K could reject from 30K, or we could end up at 35K. I think the highest we could get up to is potentially 40K, but I do think once you get the next red dot on the two-week right here, you're going to see some type of a substantial pullback. I'm not saying it's going to be as bad as kind of this, but I do think at some point into middle to later this year, I do think there's a high probability of kind of a sell and may walk away thing. Middle to later this year, you come down to at least testing the 200 weekly moving average around 25, 26, or potentially retesting 20K. And you can look at the weekly too here. I want to show you very split RSI is kind of the same thing. Now, when we were at this point last time in 2019, it was not the top. You came up higher. That would be the case to potentially come up to 40K. Keep in mind, history never repeats exactly. So, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I do think Bitcoin dominance is going to continue higher here regardless. But when we do have that substantial pullback, alts are probably going to get hit hard. And there's going to be a much better buying opportunity for Bitcoin. I think I'm just DCAing for now just Bitcoin. Okay, with, with DCAing on Bitcoin and you look at the scenario that's playing out right now, mm-hmm. uh, Bitcoin dominance, you looked at the chart there. You can kind of see some of the things. I don't know if I had the, the dominance chart up. Yeah, I could. But the point being is that dominance has still been somewhat uh, on the on the climb here. Do you think that has been mostly because of the movement around what's been happening in ETH and the altcoins, or do you feel like this is getting to a near, you know, because it's still hovering around forty eight. I mean, it, it kind of bumps there, but it's been. There's on the a daily, few, that was another few different high. factors. So one, it's people are selling their altcoins and ETH and buying Bitcoin. Two, people are selling their stablecoins and buying Bitcoin. Right. Stablecoin FUD. Also, there's some regulatory FUD that we may see towards the end of the year. So people feel like they're safer and just Bitcoin on a hardware wallet. A lot of the tourists are leaving. They're either running out of money or just becoming Bitcoin maximalists. So that's what we're saying. Also, the charts don't lie here. If you look at this monthly chart that I've been looking at for a while here, this bullish div here on the monthly called it out pretty well that we confirmed back when we were at 43 percent we jumped up now we're breaking out of this wedge here you do have a technical target up here around 55 percent 
I think when you do see a substantial pullback for the whole market, this will continue to climb. But obviously, we want to know when to buy altcoins, when we could get things that could potentially come up 10x, 20x, maybe even 30x. It's going to be when Bitcoin dominance gets to these higher levels. That's going to be prime real estate for altcoins, potentially after we see a summer lull in the summer into the end of the year. That's prime real estate for altcoins, I think. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, play out here over the next, at least the next 60 days. Because right now, we still have another FOMC meeting, which will give us a little bit of an indicator. But I think still... What Bitcoin and many of these markets are waiting on is to see whether or not we actually enter a recession. That's the yeah. concern. And I think, you know, we're going to have Peter Schiff, I think, on tomorrow. <laughs> his his whole theory is that we're getting ready to hit the worst recession since uh, the Depression in 1920. So yeah. that yeah. in itself, I mean, that's a gold bug, of course. You, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. But I'd love to hear his argument as to why that might be happening. But if you look at this, Bitcoin jumped 500 bucks. Uh, this again with um, CPI dropping, you know, down to 5%. It had a little bit of an immediate response, but then again, we saw it dip between uh, under 30K again. Yeah. So the question is, is this 30K a psychological point? Or do you feel like this is an area where we may just be looking at a pause here before we see another little push up? So if you look at the chart here, it kind of does tell you that we could come up a bit higher because what I'm looking for in the three-day right here, typically what I'm looking for for a pullback is what we saw over here. See the momentum moves coming yep. down as money flow is coming out. Also, we saw it here with money flow coming out. Here, it didn't work out too well. You just pumped up higher. But back here, you're looking to come down. Now, if this green dot plays out pretty well, we could come up to 31.5. I think 35 all the way up here, 34.8, 35 is a huge, huge area that could kind of mark the general end of this rally, a big jump up. And then we'll see that decline kind of like if it does play out like this let's just map it out this would be a nice you'd probably see that into the april and then you'd see a sell in may walk away all the way back down to like 30k at least potentially a nice summer low where we bounce around around the 25k area which i think is a pretty good place for long term to get in but when we do test that 25k area in the summer that's when i'm going to be looking to get into alts and i'm going to be looking yep. to get into trading potentially my bitcoin for some alts and ethereum doing it slowly okay. not all at once <laughs> Not what do you sure. all right so that's i think this is a good strategy if you're looking yeah. at trying to play it out on the short term uh which in with bitcoin many of you mm-hmm. uh that watch our show are long-term holders and you know a lot of this stuff that's happening right now is really insignificant to you because you're in this for two three four years out maybe mm-hmm. longer even if you're really looking at legacy uh building with with digital assets so, and i'd love to know that i mean just drop some comments down below give us some questions over on the side we'll try to get to some of those Make sure also and hit the smash the like button. Uh, it does help out, uh, obviously, with you know how YouTube works. Uh, let's get into ETH for a minute because uh, we're going to be doing, by the way, we're going to do a, a 3 o'clock show that really breaks down the ETH and whether or not it can hold or if we start to see some really pre- uh, big pressures to where ETH could crash all of crypto, possibly right here on the Shanghai uh, date. You got stakers saying, hey, don't let the Shanghai upgrade centralize Ethereum. A few points here that they're uh, interesting, I thought, was this one right here. Uh, staking is going to take another critical steps toward maturity, uh, making it a critical time to steer the industry in the right direction, toward more decentralization instead of less, which I mm-hmm. think is good. And then uh, right now, you know, the threat of, stick, uh, of liquid staking monopoly, it still represents more than 40% of the total staked ETH overall. While this might seem like a large number, the total stake overall in ETH is only 15% so of the supply. 
Right. So, it's, and we've, we've shown this actually on a couple of shows here over the past week, especially on Ethereum, is that ETH is actually one of the lesser staked assets when you look at some of the other layer right. ones. So, mm-hmm. kind of interesting there. When you look at Ethereum, what are you playing on, uh, on the charts for that? So, the big thing on Ethereum right now is we're starting to form a pretty large double top all the way back here from uh, August of 2022, that same area around 2000. Now we're hitting that kind of same area almost. Now, you're about to get, it didn't happen yet, it's not confirmed yet, but you're about to get a bearish div almost on the three-day here. Two-day as well, it's actually going the two-day. This one's a little bit more bearish because money flow is now coming now out. You're about to get that red dot there. Now, I think once we confirm that, you're probably going to see somewhat of a pullback here now. Before then, with the four coming, all that, the ETH being released, we don't know. There could be some volatility here. The big place I'm looking for for a potential short is up here at around 2000. I think potentially you could come up to this area and then reject from there. However, on more of the short-term time frames, if you do lose kind of this area, this big FIB level at 1895, mm-hmm. we played around with it last night, you do lose this area, that would be pretty bearish. But for right now, let's look at the really short time frames. They're actually right here in the four-hour. VWAP coming up, money flow coming back. They're showing a little bit of strength here, and then some of the really low time frames, a little bit of strength. Now, the last thing I want to show you here, though, is ETH Bitcoin. This looks about as bad as possible. Right. ETH Bitcoin, ETH versus Bitcoin, been bleeding pretty well since September. Just keeps bleeding its Bitcoin. Does not look good on any of these charts right here. Blood diamonds on the three-day money flow coming out. The weekly crossing into the red. Looks like it's got to come deeper here now. I think the big the place where I want to start getting into ETH or trading some of my ETH for Bitcoin is going to be at the earliest sometime in May or June if we hit the 0.05 level right here. I think worst case scenario is we could come down to 0.04 or 0.03 down here. Technical target if you break down towards the end of the year, obviously you're going to see a pretty big significant pullback with all crypto if that does happen. But that's like prime get into ETH. Like I may be selling a lot of my Bitcoin and converting it into ETH. That would that be happens. the play, I think. Yeah, it, like, you know, when you look at ETH's potential for the next bull run, it, I think a lot of people would argue that it has a little bit better position, you know, right yeah. now. Though, you could also leverage both and just say, hey, here's my one-two bag, you yeah. know, and, and go that route. Shanghai is now only four hours and 39 minutes away, so put that on your, uh, on your timer there for your phone. I'm expecting maybe... A little bit of fireworks on Twitter, but I don't anticipate we're going to see massive movements here one yeah. way or another. I think this may end up being a bit of a nothing burger, even though the question will be is over the next seven days, what that does that look like? You know, because there may be yeah. some scenarios of people on stage. I mean, my gut instinct says if it's being released and it's up a good amount too, you're close to 2000. It's a psychological area. My gut instinct tells me that some people have to sell. They got to bring it down. Well, if you look at the data here, this is just going over to Dune Analytics. Uh, unique deposit addresses, now over 100,000. Uh, you got uh, 18 uh, mil in staked assets, uh, almost half a million validators there. You can see the growth right here in the total amount of stake. Stake ETH right now, the ratio um, still consumed. And again, not, not much in terms of the overall uh, ratio on the total value of ETH versus mm-hmm. staked and non-staked. So, this is going to be uh, an intriguing next few months because it's going to open up. This is the thing I've talked about before. It's going to open up some opportunities with Ethereum because of the staking layout and the way it works. And if we do get a slowdown on interest, then money markets aren't going to look quite as attractive. And maybe 
some people might say, okay, well, I can get four here, or I can go over and get four and a half over at ETH yeah. uh, in staking ETH, and maybe I'm willing to take that as a risk, yeah. uh, especially with a market possibly calling up for a, a, a run. Right. So that may be a strategy that starts to see some movement. So I would pay attention to a lot of the analytics on where and how these addresses are moving, especially the amount of ETH that's going into exchanges. So something to kind of keep track of. This was something else off the, over on the block. Uh, Ethereum Awards uh, now worth over $2 billion. This will be uh, liquid. It's going to be first five, uh, first five days after the, the upgrade. So you're looking at uh, $1.1 million in ETH, $2 billion. Accumulated validator rewards right now will be available. Partial withdrawals, of course. We've seen the timeline on those. They'll be paid out as partial withdrawals. Uh, and that can be automatically claimed by validators who have the, um, you know, the credential. So, I don't know. This is still up in the air for me because uh, I imagine a lot of these people, a lot of these validators, probably are were in ETH well sub one thousand. Yeah. So this may be like, hey, is this the time to do it, or should I wait a little bit longer? Yeah. It's just kind of an interesting aspect. Here's another fact: only forty-four percent of registered to claim these partial withdrawals. So that's a little high to to me. Hypothetical yeah. scenario where all validators sign up to receive these rewards, the process would take around five days uh, for the current 562. So it wouldn't happen all at once. Obviously, right, it's going to be a time, right. almost like a timed release you know, scenario playing into this. So a few things strategy-wise, but you know, it's all boils down to, I think, is how sentiment in the market is going to be looking at this. If you look at what Duo9 said, pretty simple. He says, volatility inbound withdrawals are coming. Uh, and there's, you know, there's two sides to this argument, and I'd love to get you guys' feedback always. So let us know, drop some comments and some questions on where you think uh, ETH is going. Now, jumping away from Ethereum and going over to Solana, up 10% now, even though we've seen a, a bit of trouble with mm-hmm. most of the altcoins, but Solana is uh, seeing some movement here. What do you think? Yeah, so Solana has seen some movement. The weakness in a lot of the altcoins right now in the chart is that they're still not above their um, February 18th high right here, which is at 27. Now, we could retest that high. You're getting a nice little trigger wave in market side for the last one. Let's just see the last one in terms of percentage, what that gave us from the bottom. Uh, it was right, yeah, kind of a jump up like that. That was a 25% jump up. Now, keep in mind, a lot of this jump has already happened. 25% would bring us up a little bit higher potentially a little bit higher, 26 almost. But I think really a lot of these altcoins are just going to continue to bleed against um, Bitcoin and probably even Ethereum as well. So I just don't think it's worth the risk right now to mess with Solana, but potentially in a few months it is. I want to show you real quick the Solana Bitcoin chart because that gets like really like, I mean, just look at this. Like you would have been so much better off with Bitcoin all the way from the peak of the, you know, just we're not seeing any signs of, and I think it could go even lower down to kind of these levels. Potentially, let's see what percentage that would be. Potentially down, probably not, maybe even another 60% against Bitcoin. I know wow. people are going to hate this, but yeah. Wow. There are a few things happening. You've got uh, Protocol announcing its integration with uh, Solana Name Services. This is on the Brave browser. And then also, you, you guys know we've covered this a lot here, is the launch of the Saga, which is Solana's mobile mm-hmm. device. Right. I mean, there's some benefits to that. And you get the merge with you know, with Helium's coming in. You've got Render making the flip. There's a lot of activity within the Solana ecosystem, right. which I think is, the question is whether or not this is a pent-up 
demand for where Solana was moving, and this is what we've seen in the words baked into the charts, mm-hmm. uh, or is it something that could be indicating just a uh, potential explosion? What are your thoughts? Explosion for Solana? Yeah. <laughs> Not anytime soon. I think if it does, it, if it does really pump up, it's probably going to be pretty short lived. I think Bitcoin will continue to probably outperform it at least for the next few months. That's what I think, and I think Bitcoin dominance will keep going up. I'd rather mess around. If I was to mess around with some altcoins, probably AVAX and DOT are the ones I'll look for. Interesting, right okay. Now. All right. Yeah. DOT, not necessarily. AVAX I've been in and out of. Mm-hmm. Um, Helium, just as a reminder, earning rewards with mapping now. So this is coming. Uh, quite a bit of activity, as I said, that uh, is starting to move into the space. And we've covered Helium. Actually, Helium here recently did a little bit of a move. Uh, it wasn't massive, but at least based on the fact that it had corrected off of a bottom, and I think I've got the chart, but I was looking at Helium uh, the other day, and I was like, okay, there's something happening here. Is it possibly not much of a move? I got Helium, yeah. yeah, It went down from its low, which was around $1.20, and it's hovering at about $1.53 right now, so still not too bad. But the point being is is it has it maybe bottomed out Obviously, <laughs> all pending on this relationship that they're building with Solana. Yeah, this is more of a trade to be made on fundamentals if you're going to be going along on Helium right now. The, the thing I could tell you is, like, I mean, this is just a standard, like, we came all the way back down to the dollar mm-hmm. area. Yep. Standard bubble pop at pattern, like, complete bubble pop pattern that really not many cryptos, um, you could see right now, don't have that. What I would be looking for potentially is the next green dot. If we could come up with this VWAP here and get a potential bullish div on the weekly with the money flow coming up, that would look pretty good. Now, that may not happen until like sometime in May or June, but when it does happen, I think that would be a good place to look to potentially get into this. Right now, it still looks, I mean, unless you know the fundamentals and you really know something I don't, it doesn't look like a good idea, but yeah, it could be a nice gamble. Just so you guys are, are remembering that, you know, the, the tie-in to Solana with Helium and mm-hmm. Render there's a lot happening within that. This was a thread over on Twitter. You know, 10,000 NVIDIA GPUs equals about $155 million just for Twitter and Elon to get started in the, in the AI arms race. So if you just think about all of the compute power that's going to be needed out there, yeah. then you flip over and you look at Render and Render's capability of decentralized mm-hmm. compute power. A lot of that could be playing into some very interesting cycles in the, in the upcoming race even though a lot of people were thinking Web3, actually AI may be the one that really uh, contributes a lot to where decentralized compute power comes from. Last up is, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Tether Gold, mainly just to kind of compare if you're going to try to get digital gold. This is one we've talked about here on the show before. But gold running up to $2,000 here and getting into its uh, somewhat all-time high. What are your thoughts on gold right now? So the thing with gold is like it's hitting that big. I I think gold is ultimately going to outperform the S&P 500, outperform the NASDAQ for at least the next three to five years. I think it's a good hedge. Also, I think in times like this where interest rates are rising, I think it will outperform, you know, the dollar and will outperform whatever the interest rates are, you know, the 5% a year. Now, I think it's just you don't have too much on this chart with the... um, you know, the tether gold or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it does seem like if I just wanted to go to the regular kind of, let's go to like gold SPX chart because this is very interesting. If you look at gold SPX, this is like, not a lot of people have noticed this. Hopefully it'll load here. Come on. It's like a really cool thing I want to show you here. Oh man, not loading. Anyway, it's one of those rare, oh, here we go. It's one of those rare times where it's just like in terms of the money flow and market cipher, 
I want you to look right where we are right now in terms of money flow. Right here with money flow, this is between before this rally in 02, gold versus 400% over that period. And then if you go back more, I guess the internet connection must be a little weird, but if you go back to 19, 1970, Peter Schiff would love this. Look at this, right? <laughs> That's just. That was the move, yeah. Yeah, 10x against S&P 500, so. Yeah. Well, it's I, setting at 23% yeah. right now since November. Yeah, yeah. That's a I mean, significant move for an asset that doesn't normally move in those channels, yeah. double digit. I mean, if you can't handle the volatility of Bitcoin, Ethereum, gold, silver is yeah. the move right now, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Love to get your feedback, guys, uh, and ladies, on how you're playing this. You know, And what I'm talking about is the diversification of asset loads and the weighting of your portfolio. Do you are you still in cash? Are you looking at maybe going into securities again? Or are you playing crypto completely? Love to get your kind of feedback on how you're playing. If you're a crypto uh, bug, are you weighting it mostly in Bitcoin ETH or are you looking at alts? Your your feedback is always welcome. Uh, make sure and smash the like button. It's one of the things that uh, obviously helps the show out. We'll get into some questions here uh, as well. I wanted to jump a, a, a few tweets here. I want to flip over away from NVIDIA. This was another one. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. Tokenized gold, stable coins. This was kind of showing this last thing around uh, tokenized gold, stable coins hit combined 1 billion right now. This, of course, looking at Patch G and uh, Tether Gold. Mm. So interesting that, that we're starting to see that. I'm, I'm curious just to see, I, I, and this is uh, an ironic thing. I bought gold for the, somewhat the first time. I bought it before and sold nice. it, but yeah. bought it back in. And I'm just looking at it as more of a, not a hedge, but just as a diversification of portfolio. And you just take a look at, all right, these are some of the things that might work. Yeah, I, I look at it as something that I'll eventually convert over to kind of, you know, less volatile things like the S&P 500. Instead of putting into the S&P 500 in this environment, I'd rather put into gold, silver, and then try to get out of that, more go more into S&P 500 in a few years. Is there, yeah. any, is there any altcoin right now, Evan, that you would say, all right, this might be good accumulation period right so now? So I don't think we're there quite yet, but AVAX is one that I, I like kind of how it looks on the charts, especially with the bubble pop pattern kind of. That's one I kind of like right now, um, but I still think there's a decent shot it may continue to bleed against um, against Bitcoin. What I like here um, is why we're not. Gosh, but it's still you know even if yeah. you if you look at my chart, it's still up twenty five percent in the last uh, thirty days um, yeah. on AVAX. So I like the money flow crossover here. I like the little trigger wave right here. So I do think. You know, for I wouldn't. You know, for a DCA period over the next maybe ten months would be potentially a good start. I wouldn't be starting though until Bitcoin dominance kind of gets over fifty percent. So I'm waiting, you know, at least a month or two to start to get into the altcoins. But yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. Avax looks kind of good. Dot looks kind of good. Those are two that look kind of the best to me right now, and they've kind of lagged behind a lot of the other altcoins. And also, not too many people are talking about them. Mm-hmm. What happens when people kind of forget about things? Yeah. They usually come up when you least expect them. So, near protocol also up twenty percent right here on the two week, showing the mm-hmm. chart right here. This one right here is kind of interesting because uh, this is in and out on our CPI in terms of the sentiment triggers, uh, mm-hmm. which we're looking for, which is weighted volume, uh, which usually creates uh, an opportunity. At least for us, it identifies enough weight. On sentiment that says, okay, this is a buying zone. Okay. You know, if you if you look at these things, we've done these with Ethereum. Let me show you our chart on that before. And I break these things down on the mastermind. If you if you're part of the mastermind, you know, thanks for supporting that. But 
Uh, we do a lot of additional videos and it's, it's kind of our, our inside club. But these were the zones where we were grabbing uh, ETH. And this was the sell point on uh, ETH liquidity because we looked at a potential of some liquidity that happened. And then we re-grabbed back here in uh, early March and then we had this zone right here which was on uh, the 4th of April uh, which gave us a little bit uh, more of an upside uh, run as well. All right. So anyway, we're going to do a 3 o'clock that's going to run into ETH a lot deeper for you guys. Uh, one thing before we get out of here, if you guys are not uh, aware, Evan has a course. If you want to check his course out, we always leave a link down in below. He does a good job on live streams, breaks down market cyber and some additional trading tools. So Yep, good, really good beginner course in market cyber. A lot of people have really liked it, so check it out if you guys are interested. Um, so yeah. What do we got here? We got Ethereum, what will happen first, 2000 or 15? That was, that's a hard run. That's a that's too easy of a poll. Come on, crypto pit is getting way yeah, it's too a laxy there. Better like um, let's see. Should have been like two thousand or eighteen fifty. Yeah, two thousand or eighteen fifty. Yeah, we almost hit eighteen fifty last night. Big yeah. jump up from that, but we'll see what happens here. What do you feel? Do you like two thousand right now? Are you still holding? You know, think I, we'll I, I think that um, I think there's a good shot of getting up to two thousand based on the kind of lower time frames in the ETH right now. Um, the big point is twenty fourteen, where there's a spiral line right up here, yeah. which I could see that being kind of the rejection part. It's kind of hard to say with the ETH fork, you know, sometimes the technicals aren't going to be the best indicator when you have, you know, things that are kind of hard to predict happening right now. Yep. So what I do think is I think we're going to get, I think some people that are getting their ETH, you know, unstaked are going to sell. And I think it's, when all is said and done, I think this is going to be more of a sell the news type thing. Yeah. Let's go to a couple questions. Uh, you guys never cover Shiba. Uh, so many things in the work like uh, Shibarium, also the uh, Shiba metaverse. Well, you know, we don't, it's not that we don't cover it. You have to remember there are, it, just in the CPI alone of the data that we look at, you know, it's hundreds of tokens. But when you look at the total number of projects, now you're in the thousands. So you can imagine the amount of data that's hitting us on an ongoing basis. But did you know Shiba is in our CPI? So Shiba, know, Shiba already went to the moon. It's too high of a market cap. Yeah. I don't mess with it. Just stay away. Yeah, too too late. All right, what do we got here? Schiff has been predicting major depression for the last 50 years. <laughs> Maybe finally he's right. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, why have Schiff on? We we're tired of his argument. Yeah, I know. Uh, Paul, Link, thoughts? Good. Oh, you like, what about? Link, I think, I forgot to mention, Link is, is, is a good one. I wouldn't buy it right now, but Link, I think, for long term is That's one of those. That's a good one, yeah. You get, yeah. There's a lot of potential. To get it's like in my, it's in my portfolio, yeah. for sure. Uh, Paul, thoughts on Aptos uh, going back in, or or going back into Solana? I am considering going back into Solana, but it's just not the right time, obviously. I'd, I'd rather right mess with Aptos. Lower Aptos market would be, cap, yeah. new one, yeah. Well, Let's it give, could be the run yeah. if you're looking for that. Jen's uh, saying, what, you can't excuse Evan telling us what, <laughs> what we want yeah. to hear. <laughs> 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 ah, I love it. Anyway, good yeah. stuff here. Always love to have your questions, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, of course, if you're not in the diamond circle, make sure and get in. It's a really great place. It's on our Substack. That's where our emails go out. It's also where we drop additional podcasts with Kyle Wilson. We also do a lot of additional videos. I did a big analysis on Bitcoin at 30K on an additional video that never makes it over here to YouTube. That only gets delivered out to our diamond circle. So make sure and join. It's very easy and uh, simple. If, of course, you want to reach me, it's out there on Twitter, at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on TechBath. 